Friendless is presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is supported in part by Connexus and Direct West. My sweet babies, welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Friendless, the only podcast about me, your host, James Avramenko, unfriending everyone I've ever connected with on Facebook, one interview at a time. This week, I have on fellow podcaster and all-around incredible soul, Aaron Parker. Aaron and I have never actually met in person. In fact, our entire interaction history is literally two recorded interviews, one on his show, The Morning Talk Show, the other being the episode you're about to listen to. We talk about all kinds of fun topics, from how we met through email, sending the Rob vibes by association, CBC comment sections, the lonesome genius of Daniel Johnston, the necessary placebo of astrology, where art lives, and so, so much more. Aaron is an incredible conversationalist, and it was my pleasure to chat with him. Catch me at the end of the episode for a few updates and reminders, but that's then. This is now. So, for now, lay back and enjoy my conversation with Aaron Parker here on Friendless. Uh, so, you know, Aaron, Aaron Parker, um, you're such a fascinating guest for, for this show. And you're somebody I've been really wanting to have on. Um, and I, I apologize for being so delayed. Um, but we have this... Um, what is just a uh, lightning in a bottle moment of a friendship um, that has since come to, uh, from my side, um, you've come to actually really mean quite a bit to my sort of Facebook feed um, because of what you post and how you engage in, you know, dialogue and conversation. I I, I find the way you use Facebook to be endlessly fascinating. Um, So I'm sort of sad to be losing it, but uh, to get us there, I'd like to first sort of um, introduce you to the show and and get a little bit of a reading of of what is what it is you do and uh, how you kind of how you spend your day, especially uh, nowadays in quarantine. Yeah, well, uh, that that's very very kind of you to uh, to say that, and and it's it's very confirming and affirming to me because that's what. Like I really, after the Trump election, and I think we mm-hmm. talked about this a bit in our in in your episode of my show. After mm-hmm. the Trump election, I just thought I've got to make this something that I can live with or get off of Facebook. So it, yeah. it, it if I if I hear that, it's encouraging to anybody that is like the ultimate that really really goes right to my heart. So thank you. Uh, oh, so- of course. Um, so the way we sort of the, the way we sort of connected uh, was was super fun. You made me feel like a total celebrity, and I and so maybe that's why I have such a little like rosy part of my heart for you, right? But uh, the, from from my side, and I'd love to hear sort of you you know your, your side of it. But for for my side, uh, I guess about uh, well over a year now, maybe about a year and a half ago. Um, you know, I was like, I was like CBC famous for like one day and mm-hmm. um, they did like a little featurette article um, where all the comments called me a lazy millennial and and I was being overdramatic and I was an idiot and we're wasting taxpayer dollars on this article. But um, oh, that, but, that's uh, what the comments were. 
Yeah. Oh, God. CBC comments are one of the wow. most hostile, toxic environments you can ever witness. It's that shocking. Is so unfortunate. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they even leave them on. Like they're just they're just brutal. But um yeah. but so so you know, there was this article written about me and then you reached out uh through the email and and it was so funny because um you you introduced yourself and and you said, uh, I've just had these two guests on my podcast, and one of them was a flat earther, and the other one was a guy who like I wasn't super familiar with, but who sort of struck me as uh, um I don't know how to describe it exactly. He's one of those guys who you sort of, he sounds good until you get into a rabbit hole of YouTube and suddenly you realize he's like shilling supplements on you kind of thing. Mm, okay. Um, and so I read your email and I was like, oh no, like, do I, do I reach out to, like, do I say yes? Do I be on this guy? Um, I had just like hours before your email came in, I had been sort of burned by being on a talk show that uh, a lot of the art community in Saskatchewan uh, super disagrees with really hate the host and so i was dealing with oh. like this little micro blowback of like how dare uh. you be on this guy's show yeah it was super you know but um so then i get your email and uh and i'm like, so oh, glad no. you know because i i reached out to you and then you were like oh no 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 the, everything's cool right <laughs> you know well yeah i mean yeah i think i think uh, if i recall correctly there was a jordan peterson connection with one of the interviews that's what it was and yeah. uh and yeah. So, uh, I mean, and I, and I understood completely because, um, at that phase I was really unpacking, um, my own thoughts on Jordan Peterson because, uh, I was, a I, 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 I was more of a, 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 more interested in him because of some of the ways, like not, not the, not, not everything he says, but, uh, he was talking about biblical stories and, uh, kind of unpacking them in a psychological way. So mm -hmm. I was, I was, uh, watching those videos. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, I, the, I, I could understand though, because I, I don't, uh, Peterson is one of those people that I, I take with a huge grain of salt. Sure. Uh, and, uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I didn't want, I did not want you to think that, uh, it was, uh, <laughs> you know, that, well, he's part of that, you know, he's considered part of the anti-woke thing too. Right. Yes. And so I, I, so. I, I didn't want to go down that road, but I do, I did want to unpack, uh, like part of my podcast is unpacking, um, my own thoughts on things through the, through the lens of somebody else's perspective. And, uh, so anyway, I, I was really glad that you said yes. And, and, yeah. Um, and happy to hear that it made you that that it was in some way encouraging and the I, I was yeah. happy with the conversation well it was so fa it was so great and and I think that was one of the things that was so exciting afterwards was being like okay like <clears throat> not only like was it really validating for my idea and like okay so like strangers will hear this show and be interested in it but also mm -hmm. To then be brought on and be like oh shit and like other people who i have a legitimate connection to are doing really interesting exciting things like yeah. i think that's something that um that canadian culture really falls victim victim to quite often is the idea of like uh the, the americans are cooler and they're doing it and all <laughs> we can hope to do is sort of parrot it but in a watered down more boring mm. kind of east coast flavor and like sure. and if it's not coming out of ontario it's not even worth being looked at kind of thing yeah um <laughs> yeah and uh now you're set up in edmonton right edmonton yeah and are you are you from there originally or did you no. move there uh, i'm from the united states um no kidding yeah i was born in texas actually and lived in tennessee no in Arkansas. yeah i'm a southern kid but i've been wow. here since grade six so i okay. do not feel 
like I have feel I don't I feel homeless basically uh, in terms <laughs> of a homeland because sure. Southern culture is so unique and interesting and can- Canadian culture is is what I know the best and so yeah right. that's me. Do you ever go back there? Do you ever go back to this to the states? Yeah, I did when I was um, when I was first with my wife. I did a couple trips down there um, to have her basically see the culture that I came from and meet my family down there. But it's been mm-hmm. a lot harder uh, in the intervening years because of. Uh, we have some kids and uh right. and it's hard to travel with kids and and now obviously like I really want to go back but uh it's who knows when that'll be yeah yeah we did a thing we we have some family uh, my 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 sister-in-law lives in the states and mm. um and uh I felt so guilty because like when you know when Trump got elected I I in my little you know uh, petulant Canadiana way, I uh, I was like, well, I'm not going back to the states for four years at least, right? Yeah. I was like, I'm I'm shunning the United yeah. States. And let me tell you, but, that really stung the United States when you did that, uh, right? They felt it. They felt my dollars being withheld, right? For sure. <laughs> but, but, um, <laughs> but then she, but then she had a had a baby. She had a little daughter, and uh, it was like, well, there's no fucking way I'm yeah. not gonna go down and see her, right? So you gotta you know, go, yeah. Right, you know, and and I'm and I'm so grateful that I did, but it, but it you um you could really feel a shift in um mm. I always find America's always a little tense, you know, like no matter what mm. when you go, no matter who's the president, it's always you're always a little tense, like not mm. in like a danger way, like but more in like a everybody kind of watches each other differently than they do mm. in Canada, you know. I would say it's 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 kind of a conceptual tension uh, yes. that kind of keeps you keeps it at arm's length. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I think the one nice thing and the one reason that sometimes people have really good experiences in the States, not always, but is that uh, so many people in, in the States, like Amer- full Americans feel that same tension. Yes. And it forces them to find, uh, you know, healthy communities and, and things to be involved in. And so that's, there is a lot of that too in, in the, in the U S it's a fascinating yeah fascinating place it's a weird place in that they when when an american is friendly you know that they're genuinely friendly in a way that canadians are like i find that i find that all canadians are generally passably nice yeah but it's usually but it's like usually kind of fake like it's usually like they feel um they feel like they are it's um what's the word like it, it, it they feel like they're uh uh they have to be nice, right? Yeah. Whereas in America, they choose to be nice. Obligatory. Right? And uh, obligatory yeah. is the it's, word exactly. Thank it, you. It's totally true. You 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 hit the nail on the head because um, I I was told I came from originally I came from uh, the southern United States to Ontario, and I was told that Canadians were nicer, and that was and I was like. I could not figure that out. I'm like, what do, you, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, you know, like, and then I realized as an adult that it was civility. It's, it's deference, yes. civility, it's obligatory deference. It's um, holding a door open, but do not talk to someone in the line at the grocery store, especially like in certain places in Canada, because they're going to be yeah. like, what is this person's problem? Whereas like where I came from, uh, like I'd, I'd watch my papa talk to somebody. I have a memory of this. He talked to someone and I thought, well, these are dear old friends, you know, like, and then I was like, how did you know that guy? Oh, I, I didn't, I didn't know that guy. You know, and, in my life. So yeah. it's a different kind of friendliness. It's familiarity down there and familiarity yeah. weirds Canadians out. 
It's like, yes. who are you? Why do you, what are you doing? Why are you getting into my psyche like this? Like what, what's, you know, so it's, it's just a totally different thing. But in the Maritimes, they have that in Canada. Like, they do. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and, and it's funny, actually, <laughs> funny that you should mention them. That's the other place I have a lot of family. And, um, and so we go out there every now and then. And, uh, and it's a, it's a head trip because they're like, they're they're just nice you know like now on yeah. the flip side though when someone's an asshole they're like a legitimate ruin your day asshole right <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> yeah it's the same in the states too right yeah yes, there's yeah. uh the, it, 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 there's assholes everywhere so of course yeah, yeah when you yeah. get those really familiar that is the danger i guess that's probably what people are nervous about when you get those really familiar cultures then you probably also have more open conflict mm-hmm. um than you would in say like a, a button down uh, Toronto um, right. know, city suburb or something. And now, um, so you're set up in Edmonton, you've got this ever blooming family and, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. and I'm, <laughs> and, uh, and, and now um, I want to say in your questionnaire, you said that you're a graphic designer as well. Oh yeah. Which is, which is probably the thing that people know the least about in my life that's what i do for work gotcha um, okay and now yeah. is it like a sort of like a like are you freelance or is it like with a company or how no does that i work? work it's a it's a corporate kind of gotcha. job okay yeah i don't really uh <laughs> i don't really get into it too much it's, oh, it, fair. It, okay. it's it, it is what it is uh it's it's creative problem solving and it has its satisfyingness and it also makes me not terrified uh about where our food will come from you know, so that's a huge element of what I talk a lot about with a lot of my artist friends is this idea of um, have we made a mistake by completely enveloping our lives in art? And that's not just, you know, creating mm-hmm. art, but working within art. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm an arts administrator and so is my wife. And, you know, okay. our combined salaries are less than I mean, I'm only part time. Right. And so it's like mm-hmm. our combined salaries are less than entry level positions in other uh, what are still right. considered creative fields, whether it's graphic design or marketing mm-hmm. or copywriting or things like this. Sure. Right. And let yeah. alone you then get an actual jobs right and right. uh and so we you know we can't help but sometimes wonder like is it a mistake to make your entire life around art um and and would you yeah. maybe like do you feel I, I guess i wonder um do you feel more secure in being creative because you know your paycheck is uh is sort of right. taken care of every month yeah i mean yes i i guess i feel less anxiety um quite a bit i mean not that we've never had fi- financial anxiety we've definitely gone through that um, but, uh, and still do occasionally, but, um, yeah, just it, when, so I wouldn't directly, um, I wouldn't directly equate, um, the work, the full-time work with, um, with contributing to my artistic inspiration, but it does, it does relate because I think the main thing is uh and and this is individual for different people because we all have different uh, we all have different uh scenarios that are best that are most conducive to um work working on our pursuits and for me it's scarcity is better scarcity of time is a little bit better than open-ended time because when i've been when i've been unemployed i have been more full of self-loathing for how much I'm not getting done. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and 
it just, there's something in my brain. It's a certain kind of, um, I hesitate to say ADHD because I haven't been technically diagnosed with that. Although, uh, I, I (laughs) suspect that I have it, but it's something where I need, I need scarcity. I need a little bit of panic. I need a little bit of, uh, you know, frustration. And Mm -hmm. that does feed in. I don't think it's the same for everybody. Like uh, one of my closest friends is uh, an artist and a a musician. And, uh, and he, he really likes to spend like entire days, totally immersed in what he does. And and to him, it's kind of a necessary element of it. Right. So he's figured out how to make uh, enough money off of some, like off of illustration and things like that uh, and make a name for himself. So, um, but, and, and I admire that a lot, but it didn't seem to be my, uh, didn't seem to be my natural state when I actually had the time. So yeah, it's more about scarcity. That said, I don't know that I've ever reached the perfect level of time scarcity uh, in my life. Um, and the other thing is with the family, um, there is a, a kind of a huge well of, um, I don't know, just like human experience. So I think sure. the, other, the other thing that kills uh, some artists is maybe, oh man, no, I don't want to actually, I really don't want to make pronoun- pronouncements about other people. You know what? Let's just talk in massive blanket statements okay, for blanket one minute. Let's do we'll it. Do it. We can it, uh, <laughs> forgive me all the artists out there, but um, I do think that when making an art career becomes a mania, mm. there can be an unhealthy uh, lack of input of kind of transcendent experiences or things where you, I mean, the thing that you come up against the most kind of on a philosophical or conceptual emotional level is yourself and your own shitty work habits or like, you know what I mean? Or, or your own lack of money to buy the equipment you need for your art or whatever. And Uh it it becomes a kind of a shallow well, I think to, from which to draw on in whatever you're doing. That's such a fantastic element of it too, isn't it? Uh, This idea of, um, all I want to be doing is my art, but you, you, you create your own hurdles, right? I, I can't, you know, I, I've done it so many times. I can think of so many times when, you know, my friends, you know, would, they'd have a, you know, for instance, I mean, this is kind of a dumb example, but it's like, you know, they'd have a brand new phone, right? Mm-hmm. They'd have a brand new phone and, um, they would want to be a, I, I'm thinking of this one person I knew desperately wanted to be a photographer, but mm-hmm. kept on telling themselves, oh, I can't be a photographer because I don't have the exact camera and the tripod and the right. lighting and the light diffuser and the uh, the flash yeah. and this and that and the other thing. And in their hand is like, the, the you know, a, a, a point and shoot like, yeah, okay, it's not the greatest photo, you know, camera ever, but it's like. If, if you have some materials, you have enough to start. And and I think so yeah. much of our creative process is stymied uh, by wanting perfection and wanting mm-hmm. greater than we're actually able to achieve right yeah. now. Um, and but but what a lot of people forget is you don't get to those next tiers without first doing these initial things. Right. Uh, no. The one I always talk about is like the one I always talk about is. Um, you you don't get to just sit down and write Moby Dick if you've never right. written 
a thousand terrible sentences or yeah. more than that, a thousand terrible short stories, you know, yeah. uh, uh, 10 terrible novels, right? Like, you know, Melville didn't oh, just yeah. sit down and write it. He, he, he worked towards it. Right. And, and, yeah. and it's something that we have to remember in this, in this sort of like Insta culture. Right. Yeah. And there's to, to add on to that, there is the sort of paying almost like paying your dues to the gods sure. portion of your art career. And then, there's also the um, amazing things that can be done specifically because you were you were overcoming um, a, a lack or a you know a deficit in your gear mm-hmm. or in your you know like they're in music. I, I, I go to music a lot because that's my main artistic outlet. Sure. Um, in music, there's this whole kind of lo-fi world where there's kind of a uh, an aesthetic and a vernacular of of low fidelity sounds and a whole palette there accessible only because there were people who just were so off the wall that nobody was giving them money to do what they did and so yeah there so it's a twofold it's a twofold thing you 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 either you first you have to you do have to do your kind of your stuff that you're not going to like later but yes. then you may also do stuff that later when you have all the stuff you want you look back and say well that was like how did I do that? Like yeah, that makes me think of uh, Daniel Johnson and and his recordings. Sure. Did you ever listen to him? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and how it's like just the grainiest, crappiest. Like he just recorded on a tape recorder, and it's like, yep. but it's incredible, you know. And and it's like yep. I feel like he needs to be held as as an example of like it's not the medium that's holding you back, totally. <laughs> you know. It, it, but, yeah, it, it, he was he was. Uh, an example of full uh, commitment uh, mm-hmm. to what he was doing that came from just an absolute love of it as something yeah. that changed his own life, like rock and roll defined him. And, and so I think, I mean, he's an example of, of how career, I, I really do think that, and this is complicated, but that career uh, aspirations can really be a problem like yeah career aspirations in art can be such an obscuring force and so he he was an example of someone who probably just assumed that that there was no way he could have a career and while that's a sad thing it it also it also meant that he was just doing these things where he was pouring 100 of himself into it with nothing held back that's how that's how it feels when you listen to it anyway So this is this is sort of the the the, uh, the the crux of this whole show here is this question, um, and I, I I'm always I'm endlessly fascinated by everybody's answers because they always end up being like so wildly different, and yet they they hold the same sort of heart within them. Um, mm. And so um, you know you you have you have eight hundred plus Facebook friends, and you're you're exploring all these ideas of of conversation and connection. Um, so I feel like you have a very you, you you'll have a very uh, interesting perspective on this. Um, so I wonder how in your life you define friendship. Mm, that's a good question. Yeah. I, uh, so okay. So uh, keep your expectations low. I don't know. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. I think that friendship. Well, uh, rather than define what friendship is, kind of in a in an overarching way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can say what um, 
what it has been for me. And I've struggled in my life of feeling like not a good friend. Sure. Um, to, like I haven't, because I, yeah, I've got some friends from before I was married that I really love and, and haven't, uh, uh, kept in as much contact as I would have liked and used to be in each other's lives all the time. Uh, so friendship, friendship to me though, I think the reason for that is that, um, friendship is kind of an expression of, um, uh, just, it's an expression of connection, uh, between two people. It's sort of friendship is almost like another being, in between two people. That's how it feels to me because, um, people will kind of come in and out of my life. Um, and I just notice that with some people, it, it kind of isn't related. Like our friendship isn't related to the amount of time that we spent together or sure. the, um, I guess it's, it's, there's always some amount of shared experience or being from the same community in some way, mm-hmm. but that really for, for some reason, uh, friendships will kind of spring up and they, they feel like they have a life. And I'm, I'm big on the, ter- the word life where, um, something feels alive. It has its own, uh, it has its own pull to it and its own personality yeah. and, and sort of it, it, the feeling of obligation is, um, not a huge part of it. Um, uh-huh. and that's just me. Like I, I recently, um, I had like a, a really funny experience. I talk way too long. Sorry, but I know this is great. I had a funny experience. Um, I don't know if you saw when I was sort of, I was being a bit of a brat on Facebook and I threw out there that I'm not entirely skeptical of, uh, astrology. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> which I actually agree with. I, I will say I, I agreed with what you were saying almost a hundred percent. So, uh, you know, great. Yeah, it, it, it's that's cool. So I won't sound like a total nut to you, but it's, no. I don't believe in it in the sense of like, I think there's probably a lot of, of infrastructure known as astrology that, yes. um, it, you know, it may be impactful to you if, if it's, um, well, it's impactful to you if it's impactful to you, but that's not really what I'm referring to. Um, and then, but a friend sent me um, a, a few pages, pictures of pages from uh, a book that was um, that was uh, a profile of you based on the 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 date of your birth. Oh, so and and holy cow, it was it was scary accurate. And yeah. I didn't, I didn't post this on the thing. Cause I didn't, uh, it felt a little bit manipulative, but I literally, I wept while reading it and that wow. never happens. I, yeah. I cried and then I laughed, like I laugh cried and yeah. I'm not a big crier or laugher. Neither of those <laughs> things. Like if you listen back to the audio of this, while I've been very amused, I probably haven't laughed. Uh, so it, it was really weird. And, um, the th- one of the things that it said about me was it said that some some aspects of my personality good and bad and one of them was cold mm. and it was like that really hit me because i was like i don't think that i am I, people don't think of me as cold but i know what they mean right because, sure. because of this very thing that i'm talking about with friendship where friendships will kind of come and go and on an emotional level like i'm i i, I it, it doesn't hurt me the way it might hurt somebody else. Uh, and it's, it's this odd thing where I'm connected with you when I'm connected with you. And then, um, 
other times it, like it's it's way on the back burner and so i don't know friendship is a weird one for me because that idea of devotion like loyal friend like this person like aaron has been you know i mean whenever i've been upset he's been at my door with muffins like that's yeah. the kind of friend i wish that i were and i just it's not natural to me yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's a beautiful. I love. I love the idea of friendship being the third person in the relationship. I. I actually really. Um, I love that sort of imagery and that sort of idea that it's like it's a shared. It's a shared thing. Um, hmm. um, and also, yeah, you know, uh, I actually had a uh, crazy experience with astrology this year. Uh, hmm. My my wife found someone um, on Instagram actually who does. Uh, like moon readings and card readings for okay. you and 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 uh just this wonderful I, I i wish i could remember her name i'm gonna i'll put all the i'll put all the information in the show notes yeah, when, sure. I, when i like remember it, it but um she's fabulous and she uh she did a very similar thing where she got all of like not just my sign like not just virgo but she got all my like you know uh, they're called like moon signs or sun okay. signs or something like that all the other ones and um created this little profile for me that just like gutted me right mm. you know because it was just like oh shit you yeah. see me you know right? isn't, it, and, isn't uh, it weird like so eerie to be seen mm -hmm. to be seen like by something that's not even seeing you you know this was out of a book yes. for me at least that was a person for you but yeah yeah anyway yeah so it's a wonderful yeah, and it's a wonderful, you know, I I I understand the skepticism behind it and I also yeah. understand I under I also understand the the sort of um the the cynicism behind it too mm. of like well it's no different from Jesus or what you know whatever right. you know whatever pseudo intellectuals like to posit, right? But um yeah. but uh I I just can't I can't be against something that gives comfort. Yeah. Um, you know, when yeah. it's weaponized, sure, then let's talk about it. But if it's yeah. something that's just really nice for the person, then back the fuck off, right? Well, yeah, you know? and I guess that's true. Like, insight is insight. Mm -hmm. And what I read on that page, uh, I don't know, it kind of fill, filled in some gaps yeah. uh, in the way that I think about myself. And I, I don't think people trust their intuition enough. Like, cause I've yeah. thought a lot about, I've thought a lot about spiritual experiences cause I've had, uh, like fewer than I would have liked, honestly, but I've had a few experiences sure. that I would qualify as spiritual and that have uh, been really, really impactful. And the skeptical thing comes in and rightly so. I think you, we should always be looking at these things, but then there's also that side that says, man, if this made a positive change, like. I don't know, you know, it, it, like mm -hmm. who, who, who cares in a way? Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't, you know, it's only when we become kind of dogmatically religious about these yes. things that, that the real danger occurs. Right. And isn't that just the thing, right? Isn't that just the thing of like, if it's helping, why are we trying to stop that? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, yeah. like, yeah, like, like you say, if it becomes dogmatic, then we got to talk about it. But for now, I mean, like just, you know, we're all, hurtling through space we're all going to be dead and forgotten someday everything is pain like mm. why don't we just allow some moments to mm. breathe and feel good <laughs> yeah totally when you find a person who's um 
who is is comfortable with themselves in some way or understand you know is at least seeking to understand themselves by mm. hook or by crook you know by whatever friggin way you know yep. like uh that's a that's a person that can can uh affirm that in in yourself um yeah. and it doesn't really matter where they come from i think that's the that's something that i'm definitely learning in in life Direct West is a proud partner of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Is marketing getting in the way of running your business? Direct West has a local expert team right here in Saskatchewan that will work with you to build your website exactly how you imagine it. Let them help you improve your online presence. Head to directwest.com to learn more. Okay. Uh, second question. We'll we'll follow on with spirituality. Have you had Love any it. experience with spirituality in your life? What kind? And 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 what was it like? Positive or negative? Oh man. Oh God. Good question. <laughs> um, that, I, you know, it's tough, right? Because I don't know if I've ever had like a. I think the closest I've come to to a, I, I was not raised with any kind of religion. I wasn't. I you know I the last time I was in a church, I was like four or five um and mm -hmm. i don't know i uh right when i was like super 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 young my my uh my parents took us to church and i remember um we were late for sunday school and my mom bought me mcdonald's breakfast and sent me into Sunday school with my McDonald's breakfast and whoever was teaching was like really mean to me about it about the breakfast and, and i never went back never uh, went back to oh, you know man. and um so, you know, no experience in the church of any kind. And um, I think for me, the closest thing to spirituality has been maybe moments on stage. Um, sure. You know, the idea of the idea of theater and the idea of art for me does root itself in a spiritualism and in, in a type of ritual. Mm. Um, I really do believe in the um, there is something really sacred about being in a room witnessing what is essentially a dance right um mm. and and you know dance then roots into you know ritual and prayer and all those things yeah. and and um and so i think there's been moments on stage when you realize now sometimes this has been me on stage sometimes this has been me in the audience but yeah when you realize every single person in this room is participating in this singular moment yeah. Um, and, and uh, there's something really beautiful in that silence, right. Sure. Um, and in that movement, um, and then I guess the other thing, uh, you know, you know, sort of like, not to like keep, I don't know, maybe I'm reaching too much, but like, um, there have been moments of writing when you sort of like, when I, you know, have this idea in my head and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm intending. And then I sit down and I write something and, and it, it becomes what it is. Right. Mm, and I, yeah. it very much, I, I've had very, very few of them, but I have had moments when you sort of realize why the Greeks believed in the muses. Right. You know, because yeah. it's like, you sort of like you sit down to do a thing and then something sort of takes over. And at the end of it, you're like, Oh, that's there now. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? It's and life like, again. Yeah. Life yeah. again. Just and, like friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and I do, I do, um, I do believe in that kind of stuff. I don't know how, I don't know how like forensically or also how well, yeah. strongly I do. Right. But I do know that I, I, I know that there is 
other stuff at play in existence. And I don't know right. what it is. And I, you know, and I, I actually, I worry that we don't believe in it because we've lost connection to it. And so maybe what we need to right. do is foster that belief a little more um, yeah. and, and allow ourselves to trust in these other things more. And mm -hmm. maybe that will help us. Right. Um, yeah. The moments where it's beyond uh, critique, like where maybe criti yes. criticism doesn't enter into your mind. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's like, that's one of the things I, I do think that it's all spiritual. Like I've, I've had some of my most spiritual moments. Yeah. On stage uh, playing music. Yeah. And, uh, I do think that when it's, when, when you've tapped into something, I mean, I, I actually believe that art's a phenomena that exists in, in the mind of the, of the art viewer, you know, or the wow. artist. I don't think yeah. that, I don't think a thing hanging on a wall is art. And I don't think vibrations in the air is art. I think art is what takes place in, in the person's mind. It's the experience. And, and so when you've created art in somebody else's mind, like when you've that it, it's specifically, I think followed by a, 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 a non-analytical experience, you know, yeah. like the, 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 so that's just, that's just something that that's beautiful. It's, it's, it's funny that that then makes my brain go, you know, and right. like that sort of that moment of like, wow, like it's the experience of it. And the, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. And I you unpack so it later. Much. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Right. But, and, and, you know, like you were saying, like, you know, like I, I like, um, the, 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 the most spiritual moments are the moments that you sort of let go and you let yourself exist. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I think that we are so, we're so confined by our moment and by our body and by our preconceived judgments and by our rules and our society mm -hmm. and our, you know, and the, it's just, it's just pound after pound after pound on us that we're never allowed to, we're never allowed to just exist. Right. And I mean, that's yeah. the whole goal, right? That's the whole goal of meditation is to release the past, release the future and just mm -hmm. be present. And, yeah. and it's why, you know, you listen to these, you know, you listen to Ramdas speak and he's like, he's, he's just so uh, peaceful. Right. And he's, yeah. he, I, I can't imagine what it would have been like to be around a guy like that because yeah, it's, it's like, like being on drugs. Yeah, right. Because it's like to just be present and to not be worrying about what may come or what has come or what could happen mm -hmm. or what has happened to just be there. Yeah. Like that's godliness, right? I think so. And it, people get hung up on the idea of identity and they're yeah. offended by the idea of meditation being about breaking down identity. But I think the, yeah. the real thing is that your true, I mean, if there is such a thing as true identity, it's not something that you have to hold together through the strength of your efforts. Yeah. And so that when you drop oh, that away, when you drop that away, you can kind of you kind of feel maybe that may, like maybe that there is some self there, but you view it. But it's not it's not this. in uh, What's the word? Uh, kind of lost the thread there, but it's not insecure. Yeah. Not, yes. It can't well, be taken well, and away. That's, and that's the thing, too. And I, it's so funny because I think that that actually correlates with this idea of creative voice is this idea of like, yeah clarity and confidence actually frees you to just speak honestly right yeah. and and so we you know we as like laymen sort of interpret that as like a creative voice when really what that's doing is just allowing the moment to channel through you and allowing 
just honesty to channel through and yeah. and and that changes because the truth changes yeah. you know there is no such thing as as concrete fact right what you right. know what we knew was fact 100 years ago isn't true anymore and yeah. so you know it's why art sort of waxes and wanes and you know things come and go in in and out of fashion and things mm-hmm. like that right but that doesn't mean they weren't honest for their moment right right oh yeah right. totally totally like uh, uh and i get uh um yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, honesty is is such an interesting thing because honesty in art doesn't mean just bleeding onto the page, just like yes. blah, saying exactly kind of what's on your mind without it. You know, it it it's it's a lens of honesty. So honesty can be, you know, in expressing something that is is seemingly opposite from. Uh, how you feel or whatever, like it's so mysterious. And when, and, and I don't think you can, you can uncover it if you can't be in the moment, at least in little snatches. It's not like anybody lives and lives there the whole time. If you have those moments of being in the moment, like, you know, the muse is probably just you that was sitting there waiting for you (laughs) to, to, to come there. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then there's that whole thing of like, I mean, again, I don't know how much I really buy into it. I just like the thought of like, you know, reality is just the same Godhead experiencing itself back on itself and all those things. Oh, yeah. You know, right. You well, know. I don't want to go nuts, but I, I do pretty I much exactly believe that. <laughs> yeah. Right. And again, it's one of those things where like it sounds really good when you've had like a full joint to yourself and you're just like, <laughs> yes, this is it. You know? Yeah. I mean, in my in my more pragmatic moments, I'm sort of like that's dumb but 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 i do really i like the idea it doesn't tie in with every activity of life like awareness of that or the thinking about it that way doesn't tie in but exactly it it can be very clarifying in in moments of existential crisis wellness however you define it is achievable you don't even need to figure it all out yourself talk to connexus They'll give you guidance, motivation, and the push you need to reach your goals. They've got you. They're your financial partner, and they know you can achieve your very best, your financial best. Prove them right. Start right at Conexus Credit Union. But so with with your show, you know, developing and continuing in in into the you know, well, it's now the new year, but um, uh with all that connection and then just with your own personal life, um, what do you think it's going to take to be a good friend? However you define that mm. in, in 2021 and then going forward. Right. Well, on a practical level, and thank you for the kind words about the show. Wow. Um, that's awesome. And from, from my perspective, uh, you're a great conversationalist and I, Thanks. any great conversationalist is, uh, is inspirational to me, um, huh. as well. So, um, uh, anyway, um, so I mean, on a technical level, I think that in in twenty twenty one, digital platforms are going yeah. to be extremely important to my friendships, and they already they already are, and they kind of already were pre COVID nineteen. Because, uh, like I say, I'm not a massive like FaceTime like actually no, FaceTime is an app. I mean, like actual physical FaceTime. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> at the best of times, I, I'm not uh it's a yeah i don't i'm not like with my bros or like sure uh or or whatever all the time and uh so yeah digital technology and then uh friendship in in 2021 i think is going to be about um 
checking in uh and and probably and and what i've been doing is casting my net a little wider than a than a a small group of of sort of best friends and i've just been sort of if somebody crosses my mind um because i know a lot of really beautiful people through um music and art and and that kind of thing uh and then and then family and stuff as well who are going through varying levels of tough times and people i know who are isolated uh like truly isolated like one of my really close friends lives alone and works from home um (laughs) yeah fuck that's a tough one yeah Yeah. it is and and she's like an insomniac and stuff already so um a lot of it is just uh just when the person you know authentically crosses my mind i think that's the thing is i'm trying not to make i'm trying not to make anybody a project friend and uh but to but there are just so many people that i just sort of care about for some mysterious reason uh and so that's that's i think that's the big thing is is the check-ins and then there are a couple of friends that i have that are um uh our our conversations are um a part of what feeds my my soul for the podcast itself so that's a big one. Actually, I'm thinking this year is the year where my uh, one of my best friends and I will start to do episodes, uh, just the two of us in, in between. And yeah. it's because um, he is, I mean, he named the show. Oh, <laughs> and uh, and because because he got excited about it when I had a couple uh, when I had first thought about it. And has watched, I think he's probably one of the only people who has seen every episode. Um, nice. And so, yeah, that that's another thing is like bringing one of my actual friendships onto uh, the world stage or whatever. That's a terrible way to say it. Like in, into <laughs> into the public uh, sure. so that the public could see it, which is kind of an odd thing. Uh, it hasn't happened much. It's been mostly strangers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I've kind of had to unpack or, or just become comfortable with the fact that I do like to do things in the public eye, but I guess you can relate to that. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, so <laughs> that might... There's element of needing that validation, you know? Like, there's that element of sort of, like, checking in with the rest yeah. and being like, is this cool? Okay, we're cool. Let's go on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, it, it, I have to say it. It must be related to to an, uh, validation. And I've I've struggled with that, you know, really being down sure. on that part of my personality, but I, I don't know. Um, the, the more that I feel like I'm able to, to do it in a way that, um, is, is clarifying or impactful to people, the, the, the less yeah. I, I kind of feel bad about it. Man, Aaron, we could talk a whole other hour and I'm, <laughs> and I'm really sorry that I have to sort of pull this. No, I have to pull the rug out from under us here, it's but, great. uh, you're, you know, uh, you're, you're somebody who I'm just so glad we have crossed paths and, um, oh, man, likewise. it's, it's so crazy that it's like, we've had literally two conversations and this yep. is one of them. And, <laughs> and yet I do, I genuinely feel a, like a real connection to you. And I genuinely yeah. feel likewise. Like, I, you know, yeah, I just, I just, I, I really like you, Aaron. <laughs> you know? I like you, and I'm really, I, I'm really glad you reached out to me. So thank you. For oh that. man. And, that's uh, awesome. You know? uh, honestly. Yeah. This, uh, that makes me feel so good right? uh, to hear that. <laughs> it's just one of those like i just love it it's just one of those really nice like fuck yeah you know but unfortunately we are at the point of the show though where i do have to pull up your facebook and uh and me here we go okay aaron parker 
We're no longer Facebook friends. Okay. That's it. Thank you once more to Aaron for coming on the show. It has been just such a pleasure to chat with him, and I really hope we get to do more in the future. Actually, off recording, we were actually starting to talk about some other fun stuff, so who knows what's going to come out of that. Be sure to check out his show, The Morning Talk Show. It's on YouTube. It's on podcast catchers all over. There is a link in the show notes, so check that out. If you haven't signed up for the Friendless Newsletter... Why don't you love me? <laughs> it's super easy and it's as unobtrusive, unobtrusive as possible. Just once a month, you get book reviews of what I've read that month, article recommendations, and exclusive writing you won't find anywhere else. This month's newsletter is about to go out, so don't wait. Check out the link in the show notes and sign up today. I am having a bit of a rocky February. I'm just going to level with you here at the end. Between, you know, the impending anniversary of quarantine, my job, and me idiotically joining a writing challenge to write a play a day for all of February, I'm sped pretty thin. Uh, I think, I think I can maintain, but really any positive vibes or, you know, funny memes or whatever else you can do to spread some joy my way, I would really appreciate. Uh, send me what's made you laugh this week, either at friendlesspod at gmail.com or on social media at friendlesspod. I would really appreciate that. But anyway, that's it for me. But I will be back next week with more friendless goodness. But of course, that is then. And this is now. So for now, I hope you do something nice for yourself this week and then something even nicer for a stranger. I love you and I'll catch you next time. Fun and safety, y'all. <laughs>